Welcome to season two of Fairbank and Friends. How did we get here? Where are we going? And how do we stay present through the journey? Join us and marinate in the mystery. And we're back with part two. And we were talking about the fetishization of dating exotic dancers. Yes. Um, and also just how I like feel about apps. They just give me oh, a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Around, um, I don't know, it's just like tech companies. Mm -hmm. I hadn't actually even thought about that fast because I've never paid for it. I've definitely used apps for many, many years and had fun with it. But I hadn't thought about that. And I do have some guy friends who've spent a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. But it's it's like even when you're not like spending money, you're still like generating money for the companies mm -hmm. that are selling your, your information, information yeah. to advertisers. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's what we, or like that's just our entire like online existence. But it's like, there's something even more like corrupting about it to me when it's in the context right. of like looking for love and looking for genuine like connection yeah to people well it's the same it feels similar to me to like spirituality self-help whatever whatever is like you're commodifying someone trying to get where they want to go or find connection or heal or whatever and yeah. is that something that we should be you know i mean it's happening and it's interesting, the third party, because like, I'm the least effective person to, because I, I know how targeted marketing works. And so yeah. if I see something, I actively will disengage. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not normal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I find that most of my connections that I make with people are like through um, my like work in theater. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have sort of like that buffer of people like knowing who I am as um, an artist kind of first yeah. um, before anything else um, but like there are still moments um, with um, meeting people like elsewhere who sort of like oh like that's the thing that they like take to or assume mm. because um, like working in the sex industry like makes you inherently like hypersexual yeah um which like i mean i do enjoy sex yeah it's just like um realizing um mm, how important it is, um, I don't know, like my relationship to sex feels very like deep. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know for some people, like it is more of a physiological, right? Like, um, thing. Mm -hmm. Um, like I want to say it's it's like almost spiritual but I don't want to say spiritual because that makes me sound like a fucking no 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 <laughs> I, I really do get it um but it's um I think it's that like I connect to something kind of like heart level like, like yeah with it um, yeah 
and uh, because it's so um, like I don't know um, <laughs> it was it was funny because it was like I had met someone through um, just like a uh, series of parties that were happening mm -hmm. in Montreal for um, Pride uh, especially like in the like queer uh, Asian uh, community mm -hmm. and it was um, this one person who was like um, really um, I mean we were like into each other but yeah. it was just that like um, they kept like trying to make out with me like at the party mm -hmm. um, and like what I could sort of like sense like in them was a bit of a like un like groundedness mm -hmm. and a desire like for me to actually just like like hold them okay um, and so um, like I w would kiss them but mm -hmm. it wasn't like I wasn't like full on like uh -huh. um, making out with them because that just wasn't like that just didn't feel like right yeah and so the, f the funniest like thing was that they had asked me if like oh like are you like <laughs> like repressed sexually or something and I was like no. <laughs> because you wouldn't kiss them the way they wanted, kind of? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> when you realize it was like, no, I feel like there's a lot behind this kiss and I can't meet all those needs right now. Yeah, and it was also just like, um, then we sort of just ended up in a corner where I was just like holding them and they mm. were just like telling me about their like feelings. And I was just like, that this is I, I feel like this is what you were like actually like looking for but didn't right. realize yeah like that's what it like was and mm. so it's like it's it's a connection that I feel like towards my own like sexuality but I feel like I have a sense of like other people's like relationships like to themselves mm -hmm. um, in that area um, as well and it like um, navigating that mm -hmm. um, feels like it requires more like thought and effort yeah. um, than I think other people are like prepared to like get into or even like want to get into mm -hmm. but like that's kind of just like where I need to go because mm. I don't feel like I can have a sexual relationship with someone who doesn't feel um, very grounded um, yeah. within themselves. Yeah. Because um, I don't think it would do like anyone. <laughs> no, and I think some people use that as an attempt to ground is, okay, if I can ground through this experience, um, but I, as you were talking about the spiritual connection, I'm like to connect in such a deep, intimate, like the, the, that's the deepest way you can connect to another human being mm -hmm. um, from a place where you're both connected to yourself mm -hmm. and then like beautiful, mm -hmm. but everyone's relationship and connection to self and sexual, it's so, 
Broad. Yeah, and so different and so unaware for a lot of people, I think. So to even have a conversation of, hey, I don't feel like you're connected to you mm. or I don't feel like I'm connected to me right now. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's also like, it's so vulnerable too that like people get so like fragile yeah. around it, which I like understand and appreciate and mm-hmm. like want to like hold space for, but also like I can't like pussyfoot like around yeah. shit like yeah either, right um it also just doesn't again do anyone any like good yeah um and so like it's really like interesting because I feel like my relationship to sex and sexuality and myself is what allows me to like be open in my expression when I am like working and I am yeah. like, dancing and it feels authentic and it feels fulfilling mm-hmm. um, but like the part that people like see and in turn kind of like fetishize isn't really like that aspect yeah. of it it's more just like oh like tits <laughs> like, yeah um, yeah like it's it's interesting because it's like I don't know what it is that they're like looking for exactly and I don't think they really know like what it yeah. is that they're seeking right. through that too because yeah. it's just like oh it's just this thing that like titillates it's, yeah. but it's not like um, another research study yeah what club do you work at? I'm gonna come in. Hi, can we just, I just have a brief survey for you and then you can continue to watch. <laughs> yes, she's beautiful, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, what is something you're afraid of? Mm. This is a deep one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I what I would have said like before is just like fear of getting hurt, which okay. is just like um, I think very like normal. But mm-hmm. I feel like I've sort of moved like beyond that in that like. Yeah, I get hurt, mm-hmm. and I can take it, and yeah. it's like fine. Um, or, like, that's, you know, with you asking that question, it's just, like, the last time I thought about it, like, it probably would have been like that. Um, but now I'm sort of, like, sorry. Um, thinking of what it is now, um, because it's, like... Shifted? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I feel like there are definitely, like, anxieties around um, whether I'm doing the right thing. Mm. Because um, I've made so many... I feel like there there has always been like kind of scripts like laid out for me to right. follow, mm-hmm. but I've 
definitely not followed so far like kind of any of them okay from your family predominantly societally both yeah family societally in the context of like a romantic relationship yep like all these ideas and I think like projections of like what I should be doing or yep. like who I should be that um that like in sort of pushing back against that and carving out my own thing is that um I'm really just sort of making it up as I like go along um and I think there's like the idea that like we do all like make mistakes absolutely um that sort of um shape where we end up like going Mm -hmm. um but I think like the worry is that like if I go so far off like the path um Mm. like just kind of ending up somewhere I don't recognize okay um and then kind of not knowing what to like do with um I mean I think the response to that is just to actually listen to like what I need in the moment totally I'm aware of that yeah it's also just like oh like am I making decisions now that will like Mm. um kind of um uh like box me into like a corner okay like in the future right like whatever um are there certain decisions that I need to make now about okay that'll open up things in the future or like or close yeah um, okay it's uh, I'm thinking about um the godfather Mm -hmm. um and like I I was watching like an analysis (laughs) video on like Michael's sort of like journey and around like the the decisions that he like makes around like because who he is in the beginning of the 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 movie is very mm-hmm. different than like who he ends up at the end like okay. in the beginning sort of being like have you, have you watched the i have movie? never watched the so godfather <laughs> i have gotten halfway through scarface <laughs> you can talk about the godfather on your fucking podcast Do okay it. so it's like <laughs> michael is like the it's a mafia movie right yeah so it's like it's a family um so the main like the main character like one of the sons like wasn't really like part of that world okay like he he effectively like he joined the military like he had this whole like other like path like laid out okay uh but because of various things that happened in the movie um like attempt on his father's life right uh brother dies of like other things needing to sort of step in to like help out and stuff and like these decisions that he okay basically like his prospects it they they laid it out almost like a chart like he had all these like things that were like open to him like okay um he had a dream of becoming like a senator or like whatever right um but as he makes like certain decisions like getting deeper into the family and then committing a murder and then like whatever it's right like, all these things start to like close down okay yeah um and then towards the end of the movie as well it's like um um he goes off into hiding in Italy for a while and marries another woman. And, okay. Um, but then, like, 
they like find him or something and she like dies in a car bomb and that symbolizes sort of like the wow. like because at that point you could conceivably be like oh like he could just live like happily in Italy for yeah. the rest of his like life but it's like no like that has right. now been taken like from yeah. him and he has to like come back home um, okay. and um, and I think ordering the hit out of the heads of all of the other of the like five families Mafia it's boss, just yeah. like he solidifies himself now as like right. the, the head of the, the family mm-hmm. um so that's a very extreme example. No, but it, it perfectly describes what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, that totally makes, because I'm like, you can't be ordering hits and a senator. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, Openly. like, you know, I made the decision to not get an undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the decision to, like, go, like, full on into theater. Um, and working at a club yeah like that's um you know like I definitely couldn't be a doctor like now like my parents like want me to be um eh. or like tech whatever I, you could like, it would be a lot of work yeah it would be a lot of work but yeah. it's also just like um I like a lot of these decisions feel kind of like um, quite solid, but then I think there's also like because I haven't done anything like commit murder. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> um, the these decisions that I've made aren't as like solid as that, but they still feel quite right like, foundational to um, yeah who I am and like where I am at now and where I'm like going mm-hmm. um, and there's still like a lot of decisions I think left like to be made yeah but also just de- decisions that I think being aware that like de- deci- decisions mm-hmm. um, and circumstances also like shift things um, as yep. well and so I think like Growing up, um, there was a lot of, or like my, my dad's a planner, mm-hmm. right? Like, like I was raised to like be a planner, which I like, which I do, mm-hmm. but then it's also um, needing, I, I think recognizing, uh, needing to let that go a little bit yeah, um, as well to just like, cause I, I think if I'm just so worried about where I'm like going to be that I'm just gonna miss like everything. Yeah, and here. I feel like life sideswipes you a lot of the time. I had a client with an 18 year plan once and I was like, whoa, oh my God. I know, right? Like, that's so wild yeah. and it's not gonna turn out that way. So I feel like life is like a choose your own adventure and we come to these crossroads and you make this choice or this choice and then things sort of rearrange and then you just keep making decisions and they bring us somewhere at some point but yeah I think there is I don't know when people ask me like what are you doing in five years I'm like I couldn't have predicted where I am in this moment six months ago so I don't know I can tell you general pieces but yeah 
I get that of, you know, you've put yourself into this industry and this space and is that what you're going to want forever? Mm-hmm. But if it isn't, you just remix it and find mm-hmm. something new and different mm-hmm. in theory. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's just life. Like, life is scary. <laughs> like, it, is. it is. It's learning to deal with the unknown. Yeah. And learning to cope with the fact that we have less control than we want to believe we do. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just, yeah, dancing in the chaos of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that meme of the fucking dog in the, in the fu- with the room, like, on fire, like, oh, with the cops. Yeah. Like, this is fine. This is fine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, what is the memorable risk that you have taken? It feels like everything is a risk. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking a lot about how, like, even the audition, like, process feels like gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet. Because um, there, I mean, there are so many things that are like out of your control. Yep. With that. Um, but like, we still do it anyways because our whole like livelihood is just like dependent like on it. Um, even like dancing like at the club is too because it's like mm-hmm. the you can't control whether it's a good night yep. or a bad night too. Yeah. Um, and there are, like, costs associated with, like, working as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, that all feels very, like, worky. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it felt like, it felt like a really significant risk like let go of the relationship yeah it sounds like it yeah because um that i mean i mentioned to you like that was my anchor for for a long time time um but i think um as much as i do need anchors um in my life and i'm feeling that now too just like not having like very many yeah um and sort of like kind of in a constant state of like drifting and like wanting an anchor but Mm -hmm. like the anchor can't be um to the point where it like um completely stops me from moving Mm -hmm. or doing right like it's like it's an anchor it's not like a binding (laughs) right um so like when it happened like I wasn't sure if I was doing the right ah. thing um like on on a hard level like I knew I was doing like the, the right thing yeah but like the right in terms of yeah. life trajectory kind of yeah um because, like, we had always talked about, too, like, 
wanting to like build a life together Mm -hmm. like having kids yeah like doing that and I feel like that's normal (laughs) yeah in a relationship like over three years that like thinking about like beyond that is um yeah part of it because otherwise like why have you been in it yeah right um but um it was getting to the point where like I think there was like a fixation towards like building towards that as opposed to sort of enjoying each other like in the moment right um or kind of dealing with things in the moment um yeah where oh like I remember because I that last year too was so much because I was in my last year of school and I was also like working like for this company and doing all these like things that Mm -hmm. I like barely had time for like much of anything else it didn't really I mean I felt I think he wanted to spend like more quality like time together but um the way I was feeling too like we were spending so much time with each other because it was like still like pandemic right um like we we just are together yeah all the time I like come home to you like every day um but um and because uh, he had sort of taken over a lot of the um uh household kind of upkeep mm-hmm. around like doing dishes and um and cooking mm-hmm. um and I think like being frustrated that I wasn't like doing enough of that right um as well as spending time, like quality time with him as yeah. well as like you know whatever yeah he was just like oh well what's gonna happen like when we have kids <laughs> right uh like do that or like whatever but I'm just like but we don't like have kids right now and also I'm in my last year of school like this is and I'm working yeah and I'm working towards producing a show by the end of the year yeah um and it is true that like that like the workload doesn't really lighten up once I leave school. It's just it just looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, why why are we worried about that now? Yeah, it's interesting too the quality time piece because I've had this come up in like my couples sessions mm-hmm. where it's like, well, we're together. You know, we eat food next week. We watch movies, but for another person, that's not necessarily quality time. Yeah. And you're sitting here both on your phone, so it's like, yes, we are physically in proximity quite yeah. often. However, how are we connecting? Yeah. Yeah. But it was really interesting too, because like when we would go on dates, um, I think he really liked the idea of going on dates, but once we went out, mm-hmm. he would get kind of like grumpy. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> he would want to go like home. Oh, okay. But I wasn't really sure like what else. They're <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't, I'm seeing one thing and it's confusing. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think like, outside might have just been a bit like overstimulating like, mm-hmm. for him as well so, oh, like, God. I, I could feel him sort of like shut down like, yeah bit, like when we were um, out yeah yeah, yeah. 
When are you the most happy? So when are you the most happy? Uh, when I'm laughing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think humor like brings the most joy. It's so good. In my life. But it's also like I have quite a, a like out of pocket like sense of humor. Uh huh. That's informed a lot by like my friends and sort of like how they talk. Mm-hmm. Um, by I think pop culture like memes that's just the currency of our times yeah Um, and um, I think just like bantering Mm -hmm. people um, I get a lot of like joy yeah um just making like genuinely just making fun of people Mm -hmm. um like to their face yeah no that's one of the things i loved about starbucks is you're just like just giving people shit it's fine because i won't (laughs) actually like rag on people like behind their back yeah it's like the people that i have the most like vile shit to say to their face (laughs) is like i i say like the nicest things but yeah i sing their praises behind their back yeah yeah um I um I really appreciate um and it's one of my best friends uh from uh high school and we uh we also used to work together at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Um it's just I hadn't seen him for like a while. Um sorry, I just okay. I keep burping. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Um, you can express yourself however you want in this place. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I hadn't seen him for a while. Um, just because we, I mean, we live in different like cities, but it's also just like um, he's constantly like breaking his phone, so I never know like what. He, I always wonder, like, how does one do that so much? He just gets a new phone. Like, he is probably, like, one of the most, like, unbothered, like, people that I've ever, like, met. Um, And we'll say, like, and because of that, we'll sort of say a lot of, like, really problematic, like, things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not, like, it's, it's problematic, but it's not coming from a problematic sort of, like, it's Mm -hmm. just sort of like absurd yeah um because basically like after i hadn't seen him for like a year and a half he came to uh see the show that i was doing um at mcmaster Mm -hmm. um with uh rosie it was it was the um tya show that we were um touring with okay with some uh middle schools and high schools right um before um we did it over three days at a festival at McMaster mm-hmm. in Hamilton. Uh, but he came to see the show because he now is like going to McMaster. Okay. But um, I had first time seeing him mm-hmm. in over a year. He comes up to me, and the first thing uh, he says to me is, 
I hate the Polish. I think they should be ethnically cleansed. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, what? <gasps> That's the first thing you say to me? Wow. Um, and like for context, like he's um, also Jewish. Okay. And um, like he'll just say a lot of. Like, Is he Polish? No, he's okay. not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like our friends will like talk about it. Like her friend, like Farzan, like once went like, hey, Jacob, like, you know, sometimes like you say like these things um, that like sometimes you'll like forget to preface that you're Jewish before you say them. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Like you can't forget. <laughs> to say yeah. That. Yeah. Um, it's just, but it's just, it's so extreme. And it came from like, because he um, works at a place um, uh, where like uh, they're constantly doing like children's like birthday parties and so mm -hmm. they're sort of like running around. Okay. He's particularly frustrated with these like Polish <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Humor is an interesting one. Because yeah. I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I, I mean, a lot. I think a lot of people use it to process difficult shit. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, some people don't hear it in context. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and they don't know the person and whatever. But mm -hmm. I think humor is extremely important in being resilient and surviving the trauma of being a human. Yeah. And like, I I understand like where people like who do get offended by like mm -hmm. certain kinds of humor like are like coming from yeah um and that's that totally ma like makes sense yep. like to me but it's also it it's also um something that i've been feeling like as i've been like making friends more i think with different like kinds of people um is that um i don't like I feel like at this point like feel comfortable kind of writing off uh, an entire person because of like something that they've like said yeah um when like it I like I think it needs to be more like nuanced around like kind of understanding like where like people are coming from yeah and like I think beyond just like the words, the actual like, what is it that they're actually like feeling? Mm -hmm. or, like, what what are the sentiments that are like yeah. actually like there? Um, and also just you know wondering if people um, latch on to like certain kinds of uncertain language because they're like searching for language to sort of like describe like what it is that they're actually feeling but mm -hmm. haven't quite been able to find like that okay yet yeah you know yeah like they're trying to find a way to describe their experience and they're finding things that maybe other people would have issue with but that's the best they can describe kind of yeah, yeah. um yeah I mean, thinking, like, in particular, I think, like, um, the, uh, like, kitchen mm -hmm. or, or the kind of, like, cult like bro culture around yeah. like, the kitchen is a very, like, 
um, particular um, kind of like crass <laughs> mm-hmm. oh um, yeah environment and um, you know uh, there are certain ways of communicating there that would be very jarring to yeah. um, like my peers in theater right some of my peers in theater <laughs> for sure <laughs> like um, yeah but it's it's not actually helpful, I think, to anyone, for everyone to just hate each other and write each other off. Or it is <laughs> so not helpful. It is shame-based, and it leaves no space for discourse and for learning and for understanding. So if you say something and I have a reaction to it, I could say, you know, hey, this, where were you coming from with that because mm-hmm. I just received it did not sit well with me and now you can say oh hey this is and now I get to know you a little bit better mm-hmm. and going back to that whole person and facets of a person it's like I can't thin slice this one thing and then extrapolate and say you're a garbage human yeah and yeah I think it's very dangerous yeah I think it's around kind of treating people like in good faith and mm-hmm. just like with kindness yeah and that like as much as um, I feel like for a person to like say something should be understanding towards like someone who does have a reaction to it yeah um, as much as like whoever has a reaction to like something that they like say um, you know um, would maybe be helpful like for them to um, kind of understand more of like the context that they're like speaking from. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, deeper understandings of like each other yeah. as like full beings and humans instead of like archetypes. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, what I feel like we need mm-hmm. more of. Definitely. Um, which, I, I mean, I feel like this kind of speaks to the kind of, like, men are trash thing that you, like, talked about mm-hmm. um, before that some people um, feel. Yep. Um, but, like, I think people can say and do shitty things. Yep. Um, but I feel like it takes a lot to make someone just like a shit person. Yeah. And I think making one of the problems I have is broad generalizations of any group period. So when you say men are trash, you are now painting every single person who identifies as male with the same paintbrush, which oftentimes some of the people who are saying this have issues with other groups who also paint other groups. And I'm like, if you, how do you not see that what you're doing is the same? Mm-hmm. It's very confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, more space for nuance and more space for curiosity about who someone is and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also, like, a difference between the, like, oh, men are trash versus, like, oh, like, genuinely believing, <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, 
because it is, I don't know, um, as much as it can be, like, a detriment to sort of, like, group everyone mm -hmm. um, in a certain, like, way, there's also, like, um, I, I, I don't know where I was going with this, it was, like, um, finding community, like, still, like, with right. those groups. Yeah. Is why we group ourselves. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's more like... Um, I'm interested in sort of like collaborations between groups. Yeah. As opposed to sort of... Um, conflicts between groups yeah um, I don't know or like the groups thing is kind of weird too. like I, I wrote a paper on intergroup mm -hmm. and intergroup oh cool in grade 11 yeah uh, when I was doing this um, what was it like a um, sort of research co-op mm -hmm. with E of T oh cool and um I don't remember that much of it, like of it. I just, mm -hmm. I'm just, <laughs> just remember it existed. Yeah, it kind of got published without like. Well, not, it's like so low key. It's like no, kind of published. No, but it's like it's it's not really. I don't think I don't know if it's like because I remember I was trying to get it published like in a journal, but now it's sort of just published like online. Mm -hmm. But like, I I sent it in for publication. I heard nothing about it, and then like. When I was just like like googling myself so that I could put like some things onto the um, the press section yep. of my website, I came across like the paper and I was like, "What?" That's <laughs> also really funny because they like uh, had credited me under the National Theatre School of Canada mm -hmm. um, when at that point like. NTS wasn't even like on my radar yet. I was in. I was at the Woodlands Secondary School. Uh huh. Um, in grade eleven. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. But like clout, I guess. Yeah. Um. But basically, I just like ran a bunch of tests that like um, with this simulation program called like Cobweb that mm -hmm. basically just like looked at. Um, um what we what you could adjust is um affinity towards like working with like agents or um opposite mm -hmm. or like different agents yeah um and setting a sort of like majority group and minority group mm -hmm. and then sort of seeing how um successful they were oh interesting um, by looking at uh, population growth. Okay. Um, and I don't remember what the results are. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, more collaboration. I don't remember what the results are. It's okay, when you look it up. Actually, can you send me the link to that and we'll put it in the show notes so anyone really who funny. wants to read the paper. <laughs> From when I was in grade 11. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Well, other than publishing, what is a dream you have for yourself? 
Mm. So, a couple of years ago, my mom uh, went to Vietnam to visit family, and uh, she bought an island without telling my dad. Sick. And the look. <laughs> Get she it. She hid it from my dad. And she didn't tell him until, like, the island basically, like, tripled in, like, property value. Nice. Does she still have the island? Um, yes. We still have the island. Um, and, like, you know, my dad would have been really mad, but then it tripled in value. And she, like, took money to join account. Yeah. I don't know how she pulled this off. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Their plan is to, like, sell it, I think, once it, like, grows enough in value, but, mm-hmm. like, I just, like, I would love to, like, build a house. Yeah. There. Like, that's, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah. Cool. Because, I mean, I feel like. A lot of my peers in, um, especially in theater school, I think, especially the actors, um, had very, like, goal-based dreams around, I want to win an Oscar. Yeah. um, Like, that shit. (laughs) Just, like, I I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. because, I don't know, like, what I found to um, be, like, quite frustrating was around, like, they kind of called, like, that year, or I guess the year before, but, like, the year, that year, like, kind of self-described themselves as, like, um, like, activists. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was especially like happening around like 2020 with mm-hmm. like the um, protests um, and BLM and it was around like um, white supremacist structures mm-hmm. especially in theater yep especially in entertainment in Hollywood and film yeah um, that like this we like know of yeah um, and like wanting to um, dismantle them um, and I think what I sort of took issue with is like the same people who want to be on Broadway and want to win an Oscar are the same people saying we need to um, dismantle like these white supremacist like structures but like if what you're chasing is an accolade like from said structure yeah like like an Oscar is an Oscar is so inherently like baked into um, these ideas we have around exceptionalism and around like yes. um, elevating people to a higher status than the others like are yes. um, that they're they cannot be divorced from uh, white supremacy and white no. supremacist structures um, and I just take a lot of issue with the idea that like um, you can't really say like fuck white supremacy but also like 
uphold uh, and pick and choose like what structures to uphold. Yeah. Um, because they'd be a personal benefit. Um, right. To you. Yeah. It's like let's demolish this, but also please pick me. Yeah. Yeah. The hip. It's the hypocrisy. Yeah. Where I'm like, you're saying one thing and yeah. saying another thing, and they're not aligned, yeah. and that's confusing. Yeah. So these things have never been like the reason for like what I do. Although like that that is the thing that my parents have sort of like latched onto. Right. As, like their way of kind of understanding. Uh huh. Um, is like recognition by other um, um, bodies. Yeah. Uh, that give value to yeah um, the Oof. the work or economic economic value yeah societal like value um, and like at the same time though like I'm also very sympathetic to people who do think about those things because we've been conditioned to feel that way like, yeah about, uh, about these things right yeah um, it's not their it's not really their like fault that that's what they're um, um, like working towards. Yeah, or sort of um, oriented towards. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, um, I think we should be like thinking critically about um, these things, and yeah. especially when you want to frame yourself around like. Um, being an activist or being a um, yeah. whatever like it um, is really frustrating how like the language of like um, activism and change making is sort of used as a branding strategy for some artists mm -hmm. um, yeah or the idea that I, I mean, I think um, when when you had picked me up, and we were like driving here before, and we were talking about yeah. like um, the significance of like making art and like doing work. Right. I feel like I don't really frame um, uh, what I put out as like making a difference because mm. I don't feel comfortable with my like in myself to frame it um like that way i'm wondering if um to fill the listeners in so you were sharing i can't remember how it came up but my experience of art is like you are or sharing in any capacity is you're sharing part of yourself and telling a story and other people can see that see themselves seen in that and then and so it is a form of activism in some way, but it's what I hear from you is it's not coming from that as the intention. Mm -hmm. That's a side effect. The intention yeah. is to share yeah. and to get whatever it is within you out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if activism happens, great, but that's not how you're defining your work and that's not what's motivating it is what I hear. Mm -hmm. And like, I wouldn't even really frame it as like activism just because mm -hmm. it's like, most of my work is more around questions than mm. having answers. I'm just know. looking up the actual definition of activism because I don't know how it's defined. 
active is um, like I have my ideas in my mind but I'd be curious okay the policy or action of using vigorous campaigning to bring about political or social change mm -hmm. okay. yeah like activism feels like you know, it, it feels like it's in the name it's it's to act. be active yeah um, it is active um, oh, to act though that's interesting framing it as that um, but I feel like it can't um, be a like byproduct mm -hmm. you know because there's so much in it that's required that it can't just right. kind of spontaneously like, just happen. happen yeah because um, the vigorous campaigning like that's mm -hmm. exerting particular effort towards said cause it's not just like oops and I feel like it also just requires like a set of skills that people develop over time mm -hmm. that isn't fully like appreciated by people who sort of um, throw around the, the term yeah to like describe themselves um, so like yeah I when I'm like talking about my like work and thinking about like what it is that like I want to accomplish it's mm -hmm. never really around like um, framing any of it as like that important mm -hmm. it's just more um, a piece mm -hmm that's sort of just like there because I feel like at least for myself it's I can't like, a and I feel like it's it's similar in my need to like um, dance as mm -hmm. well it's just there's uh, an expression that I have that just needs to um, yeah. come out um, and if it resonates with people that's like great mm -hmm. Um, but it's just really rooted in me not knowing and just having so many questions yeah. around things, ultimately. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are just, like, based off of questions that I like ask myself in in my own life yeah um, and um, they feel like important questions um, to me mm -hmm. even if they might not be important questions for everybody okay yeah I like that visual that you did it's like it's something that just needs to come out mm -hmm. yeah I love asking questions, so I love that that's <laughs> part of what, yeah, motivates you. All right, uh, what is something you want people to know about you? Um, hmm. It's kind of hard to say, because I don't think, I mean, I feel like there's a lot that I hide, like, from 
um, certain people like in my life, like mm-hmm. my family, around like certain details about like myself. Yeah. Um, I think like for the most part, like I'm quite open about um, most things because because of the kind of extreme like depression that I have to mm-hmm. like put on in that context. Right. Um, so I tend to like overshare mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as opposed to sort of keep things from people. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <I really. laughs> um, next question is, have you noticed a shift uh, in the focus around mental health and wellness over the past few years? I think so, yeah. It's, um, I think there's been a shift, um, there's been a shift, but I don't know if we're necessarily, like, better at handling it or talking about it. Yeah. You know? Um, like it's in the media more, but the feelings around, like societally speaking, you're not noticing that or, change. or like structurally. Oh yeah. You know, um, cause you like mean saying bring your whole self to work and talking about health isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like do things about it. Weird. Or the light lamps. Yeah, <laughs> they cure all traumas, trauma history. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like I, um, I noticed, um, I, I think it's a pretty like small example, but like um, the, the use now of content warnings in, in um, theater right in um media and in um our um classes Mm -hmm. so that has always been sort of like a point of tension between like some students in the class and okay with teachers interesting um because even though we we do like talk about it more Mm -hmm. i think there's also as strong of a like pushback against that interesting um from older like generations huh Um, okay i guess i could see that and and it's it's particularly just in this like example of like we were talking about um with one of our teachers who um we have one who's really good at um providing the content warnings before we dive into uh, texts, mm-hmm. um, just so we're, we know like what to be aware of, because yeah. a lot of these plays can be very, especially from um, 18th, 19th century. Yes. Um, <laughs> and um, European plays in particular, <laughs> with like traumas from genocide. <laughs> mm, yeah. And like all of that. Um, you know, it's it's um, it's a lot to, to carry. Yep. 
So we have one instructor that's really good at providing like these sort of like content warnings before mm -hmm. we like dive into the text. But there's a point of tension with other instructors who absolutely do not like giving content warnings um, before um, having us read these texts because in their opinion it takes away from the experience of um, the the um, the art mm -hmm. um, by being told what to expect before actually um, reading it mm -hmm. um, but these content warnings are also just very like surface level like there's genocide there's whatever mm -hmm. there's sexual assault just yeah like, something there um, yeah just so you like no it it doesn't mean like to provide a content warning doesn't mean that people will like not engage with the the, the thing at all because yeah like, these topics are like triggering but it's just like you never know how things are going to hit people. No, you don't. Um, so I feel like it's kind of like basic courtesy to allow people to create whatever space that they need to be able to yeah. approach these topics mm -hmm. in a way that feels um, safe yeah for them um you know like we 18th 19th century texts like there's a lot of really brutal uh racism <laughs> and yep. like racist language and that like can be triggering absolutely um but to i don't know like there's an expectation of to be able to look at it from a sort of like objective lens, but also to connect with it as a piece of art. Right. And it's kind of, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, like sure, but it's also like in order to do that, you, ha you kind of have to prepare like for it. Too. Yeah, like I'm taking this to pseudo extreme levels in my head where I'm like, if I go witness a painting and I'm now vomiting in the corner, that's mm. not really conducive to enjoying the art of it Yeah, because I'm now trying to regulate my nervous system because I'm physically ill. Like yeah. it's very hard to appreciate the art when your nervous system is not, you're not in your window of tolerance. Yeah. Like it's just like, I'm not going to be reading this. I'm sorry, dude. Well, it's just like, if you're going to show someone a horror movie and not tell them that it's a horror movie, like, that's not going to go over. No, well. it's not. And I, I understand because I think there is this school of, you know, we're being too, uh, you know, we're making too much space for things. Yeah. I'm like, perhaps we need a bit of overcorrection from the, like, brutality of the past yeah. and complete lack of sensitivity around certain things. And, like... Is it that much of an imposition for you to say that? Mm -hmm. Is your not saying that for people to enjoy the art more important than the possible people who will feel supported? This is how I would think of yeah. it. It's like by the possible people who will feel um, seen by the fact that you acknowledge that they may have a, an experience that's mm -hmm. not, this is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like this was a discussion that we had like with this instructor of like, hey, can you like 
just give us a heads up before we like go into things and like she would like oh she like agreed to it but she would like forget to tell us mm. it. it was very yeah. frustrating was yeah very, um but yeah it's um interesting I think being in or like just coming out of like theater school especially when theater school is having this sort of like reckoning around like um the way like it's at some on some levels like they are um teaching like the ways that they have always like done things Mm -hmm. uh but then sort of acknowledging how like these things aren't like okay or that like they were like abusive but then like for the most part like you're still teaching like the same um ideas right um Hmm. Yeah, and it was also really interesting for them to um, actually. We're we're yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the last question is: What is one question you want to ask me, or anything you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Hmm. I don't know. Did you have any more thoughts around anything that we've been talking about? Oh my gosh. I'm such a tangential. I'm like, I could talk about some of these things for hours. Um, Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many rich, important topics. I loved the conversations around relationships, sexuality. Um, Yeah, we really went to some different places. Talked about family, the godfather. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think my big thing, I'm just appreciative that you made time for this. And I love you sharing yourself and your art. It's super inspiring mm-hmm. uh, for me. Can't speak for the general public. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's my final thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is a really great discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it finally happened. I know. Yeah. Third time's a charm. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Being an adult, it's hard it to is, like. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, and I'll post your website, Instagram info in the show notes, so people can follow and check out some of the work that you're doing. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely. Thank you so much for tuning in and for all of your support. At Fairbank and Friends, we are learning through the past, creating stories of meaning, respecting the differences of all beings, propelling ourselves consciously into the future, and striving for presence each step of the way. We hope you enjoy dancing in the chaos of life.